This is the Philly Soccer Show on KOW News Radio's Greg Rolandini, Philly Soccer page writer Mike Cervetio, Union midfielder Harris Medunian is our guest this week. We talk about the team's recent good form. Union are in probably the best position they've been in in the last couple seasons, at least. Uh, you know, fifth place, kind of powering up to fourth place. You got a cup final coming up. Talk about how the, this team's kind of transformed a bit to get into this position. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going well now. You know, we are. Uh, I think even in the beginning of the season, uh, uh, we created a lot of chances, uh, but but we didn't get, win games. You know, and uh, you know, but now. Uh, we're doing both, you know, like we're creating chances and we're winning games. And that's why we are in position five. And I think uh, especially, you know, when you won the game against New York, you know, because uh, no one will take you serious if you don't win against a big team, you know. So that's what we did, you know. And uh, I think uh, we made a statement over there that uh, that Philadelphia Union is a, is, a, is a really good team, you know, and that we can uh, compete with anybody in the league. You talk about that win over New York, and I think one of the things that's really defined the success this year for you guys is that you've you've gone into every game and tried to play out your strategy. It's not about compromising to what other teams are doing, and I think particularly the midfield trio with you and Ali and Boric has has really performed well and and moving the ball around. Can you talk about playing with those two guys and how how you've been able to keep possession so well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's our key, you know, in every every game, you know, to possess the ball, you know, and. Uh, you know, but it's it all starts from the back. You know, like with our centre backs. You know, it's uh, you know they are the, the job of them is also to want the ball. You know, to uh, to play with confidence. You know, and uh, we have uh, two young, uh, three young centre backs. You know, who did do are doing very well now. You know, now Jack is doing well. You know, even Mark before and Trusty is also doing a, a good. So for us in the midfield, it's also important when you have like guys in the back you who, so you can trust and uh, that they also can play the ball to you and uh, that they also can, can come from the defense to the offense, you know. And uh, I think uh, the, communi- the, uh, the communication is, is being good right now and uh, everybody's on the same page. And uh, hopefully we can continue with this kind of results. I think the, the follow-up to that for me is... Um... It was interesting to watch the game against New England on Saturday because I, I think that they've seen all of, all of what I'm talking about in terms of what you guys have been able to do moving the ball. And they, they really tried to, to stymie particularly you and Boric on the ball. Do you anticipate there's going to be more teams trying for that strategy to, to limit the touches of the midfield? And how are you guys planning for that? Yeah, that uh, that uh, that was the first time that happened. I think also happened against Chicago, maybe yeah. by the first fifteen minutes. You know that happened. You know, but uh, it was like really extreme. You know what happened against New England. You know they were like following everywhere. You know, and so uh, in that moment, you know, uh, as a as a as a defensive midfielder, you know, I just took the guy away from the midfield, so uh, Trusty and Jack could have more time on the ball and more space to go inside. And I think uh, we didn't do that. Really well in the in the first half, you know. But uh, you know, uh, if that happens, you know, then our centre backs and uh, they need to carry the ball, you know, from the back to the to the front, you know. And that's what we need to learn now uh, to play the ball, to connect the ball. And uh, when we connect a couple of passes, uh, we can create always a chance. And uh, even uh, with New England pressing us, still we could create a lot of chances, you know. And uh, 
because you know everybody's confident and when everybody's confident everybody wants the ball and everybody wants to do the job you know and uh, run extra yards for each other and uh, I think uh, we're doing that for each other and especially like last night you know I think it was a professional game uh, like a professional team we looked you know everybody doing their job you know and I think uh, we in my opinion we was never in uh, in panic you know because i think we controlled the game from minute 1 till 90 so uh, i think i'm very happy with that you know with my teammates you know and even the the players on the bench you know came in you know contribute you know uh, for the, for the win you know and uh, we have a long way to go you know we are now doing well but uh, you know how this here can change uh, immediately you know if you don't do it 100% every game you know so you your games changed a little bit from last year into in, into this season. Last year, it seemed like you were hitting some more long balls up into the forward position. This year, it's a, your game's a lot more of a shorter game, connecting with Ali, connecting with Borak. Can you can you talk about how you kind of had to adjust? I think once Bor, uh, uh, Borak came into the side, yeah, yeah, it, it was uh, for me now also easier, you know, because I have Borak, you know, in front of me and Ali, you know, can uh, give the give the assist, you know, to the players for forward so you don't have to find a, a difficult a difficult ball because everybody's moving now, even the the strikers, you know, like with Corey and Fafa and CJ now on the right, you know, is is going well, you know, and everybody know what they need to do and uh, so uh Borak is moving a lot, Ali is moving a lot, so for me it's much easier to find them, you know, and they can uh, provide the guys forward, you know, with a good assist and good passes, you know. So that's why uh you know, you don't have to give a lot of difficult balls, and uh, I can uh, like be focused on their like the most dangerous guy as uh, a number ten of the opposite team. You know, so uh, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, every game now. You know, like because now the like yesterday was Acosta. You know, there he's also like a very good guy, very good player. You know, so you know if you limit limit uh, if you eliminate him a little bit, you know, then you kill their game a little bit. So that's what we did yesterday. Or, with, with the team, you know, and uh, and then when you win the ball, you just need to connect to Borek and Ali, and from there, they they know what to do, you know, and uh, it's going well now. It's been a kind of a tough week in terms of travel. You got two away games, uh, obviously not a, a long trip last night to DC, but a a really hot game and a, what was pretty a pretty important match. And now you have to turn around and go right down to Orlando, which should probably even be hotter some way on Saturday. What are the sports science guys doing to get you guys ready to go for Saturday? Yeah, it's uh, you know, but you know, as a, as an experienced player, you know, you need to know, uh, you know, to take your rest. You know, uh, you know, today was a region, so you know, everybody was, uh, you know, uh, preparing their bodies for Saturday. You know, so but uh, we already used to now. We are now in the almost in the end of the season, so I think. Uh, Nobody can be like really, really tired, you know, and, uh, you know, because we are focused to be in the playoffs, you know, and hopefully we can uh, even uh, be higher in the rankings, you know, that's why we're looking uh, and, uh, you know, you cannot be, you cannot come to the game and say that you are tired, you know, because, you know, when you win, you know, I don't think you can be tired, you know, so uh, I think uh, everybody's positive and everybody's uh Going again with 100% to to win, uh, I think it's going to be even difficult than uh, DC United, you know, because I think Orlando is a good team, you know, and uh, I think they have uh, some, there are some unlucky, you know, unlucky games that they played, you know, that they didn't win, you know, so uh, I know we also been in this kind of situation when you create a lot of chances, but you don't win, you know, I think Orlando is in this kind of, in this situation now, right now, but uh, they are a very dangerous team, and if we don't, uh, 
prepare ourselves good and uh, go with a focus in the game and 100% effort, you know, it's going to be a very difficult night uh, for us in Orlando. So part of the success I'm seeing right now with the team is it seems like everybody has pretty well-defined roles on the pitch right now um, as far as where, you know, the three of you guys, the the, the, the midfield trio with you and Ali and, and Borak and the wide players and everything. Is, is that something that's kind of evolved throughout the year, uh, throughout the season and training and, and through games to kind of hammer out everybody's role on the on the pitch? Yeah, it's, uh, I was always trying to explain to the guys, you know, you just know your role, you know, in, in the team, you know, and uh, everybody needs to do, uh, you know, what they are good uh what they're good uh, to do, you know, like before, uh, for example, you know, like if you play in the midfield, just connect the passes, you know, give the guys up front, you know, the ball so they can play one against one. If the if the striker have the ball and you have two guys in his back just to lay it off, you know, and to play, you know, not to lose the ball, not to lose easy balls. And I think uh, it's going now really well, you know, even with the, with the wingers, they are like choosing the right moment when to go one against one and when not to go, when to hold the ball. You know, even the the left back uh, with Ray and uh, Keegan, they are doing an amazing job. You know, when to go attack and when not because, you know, a lot of teams are playing on counter attack. So, uh, you know, they want that we all go up front and then uh, when we lose the ball that uh, they that we are open. But that's why we're talking about if one uh, fullback goes another stays and uh, even me in defensive middle not to go to stay. So we always have like four guys in the back so we can always protect uh, our goal, you know. And uh, I think uh, it's going well right now. You know, everybody's understanding each other, you know. I think still we can improve a lot of things, you know, because uh, sometimes we give... Uh, chances away, you know, that are too easy, you know, and uh, I think uh, we can always work and we can always improve and uh, that's uh, why we're working on every day. Um, you've got the, the U.S. Open Cup final coming up a little bit later in September. Um, you weren't here for the first two Open Cup finals, but um, we talked a little bit about this in the locker room a couple of weeks ago. You have played in a cup final uh, during your time in Israel. Can you tell us a little bit about what that cup final was like and what kind of experience you gained there that you can bring to the cup final here? Yeah, it was amazing there in Israel. We played the cup final against uh, against also another top team in Israel. You know, it was like forty, fifty thousand people. You know, in stands and uh, the Israeli fans they are crazy. You know, they're making uh, you know it's 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 amazing atmosphere in the stadium. You know, it's uh, that game was in Tel Aviv. Yeah, the game was in Haifa in their stadium, you know, it was like, uh, it, it was like, uh, you know, uh, their field, you know, their stadium, but it was like half the supporters of us and half supporters of them, you know, so it was like amazing atmosphere. We lost the game, but, you know, at the end, you know, the atmosphere was amazing and uh, you, you felt like you was playing for 100,000 people, you know, so... But I don't know how it's going to be here, you know, in Houston, you know, but I think, uh, you know... Uh, we will have some support over there, you know, but we just need to look at ourselves, you know, because, uh, you know, it's it's one game, you know, and, uh, you know, Houston is also a good team, you know, maybe uh, they are doing another really, really good at the, now in the league, but, you know, they are also, like, uh, focusing on the, I think, on the cup final and uh, they want to win uh, bad as we want. So, uh, for us, it's also important, you know, to to go to this game and uh, to give everything because Philadelphia uh, Union lost the two finals. So I hopefully the third is going to be for us, you know. So. Does it give you a little confidence that you've already gone to Houston this season and won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like uh, before. 
from the past nothing counts you know that uh, what was in the past is in the past you know but uh, you know every 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 game is a, it's another game you know and uh, they're going to be motivated and, like us and uh, i think uh, we can take over with our soccer you know hopefully if we just have a confidence and to play how we're playing now i think uh, we have a big chance to win over there but uh, nothing is easy in there. easy this uh, this uh, in this uh, in soccer, you know. So uh, every team, uh, especially because they play home, you know, so uh, they will have some advantage over there. So uh, you know, nothing is not going to be easy. But uh, we are we are confident that we can beat them because, like you said, we beat them already there, you know. So uh, so we can do it. So, but we need to do it again. It seemed like you were having a little bit of fun with the the DC United players last night. I got to <laughs> ask about this. Uh, how are the oranges? Good. Yeah, all good. Though, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I was searching uh, for some fruit at our bench, but we didn't have. But yeah, oh. I saw some oranges there, uh, so uh, it was good, you know. So uh, just uh, just to try something. You gotta get the, you gotta get the support staff to have some oranges for yeah. you guys, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know, most time we have some bananas, you know, but these oranges were looking good, you know. <laughs> why, no. Were the DC guys happy to share? Nah, I think they was they were so tired they didn't even like uh, told me that I took the oranges from them. So, uh, so that was it. Uh, Harris, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, good luck going down to Orlando. Good luck. Uh, good luck going into the Cup Final. Good luck uh, rest of the season. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Harris. Harris. Thank you. Thank you. All the best, guys. <laughs> The always uh, insightful, entertaining Harris Madunian oh, man. on the uh, Philly Soccer Show this week. I mean, when he's ready to take my my role, he's he, it's it's his. The guy's got a future, uh, <laughs> I think, in in something. But <laughs> I, I I loved I loved watching him grab an orange last night in DC. I loved uh, watching him get hyped uh, against New England on uh, that was on great. Saturday. Uh, basically, hyping the fans, going crazy with the the Revs bench. Basically, telling the Revs bench where to go and what to do once yeah. they got there. You know what? I, th- I think it was. It was just you know you knew that pass to Corey was onside. Yeah, and he wanted to make sure everybody else knew. Yeah. even before the VAR uh, verdict came through. Yeah. So uh, it was. It, it's been good to see. I think it's 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 been it's been good for the the the, the fans to to have someone hyping them. Yeah, up too. and he he's the guy. You feel like he's the guy that kind of keeps the other guys loose. Yeah, you know he's he's the veteran guy. He's been around. He's seen it, done it, and you know he's got that personality. I think he, he's just probably the dude that keeps keeps the other guys loose. Uh, when when things like you know just little stuff like that. Yeah, like like, like pump. You know, getting getting into. Get in the Friel's face and and grabbing the orange slices and <laughs> having fun like that. Um, wow! So so it's a brave new world in Philadelphia this, Union Land. Down, I don't, is I don't up, even up know is, how we're gonna do this. Down is up, up is down. Radio.com. Um, lot of lot lot to talk about with this team now and. Uh, People have been asking me, why Why is the team doing what they're doing? I think there's a lot of factors. Um, I think Corey Burke's form. Scoring and the, goals. And the scoring fact, goals is very helpful. Corey Burke's form and the fact that he's getting a run out is great. Uh, you know, I've been in his corner for a while, and I'm glad not only is he getting the chance, but he's taking the most of it. Yeah. The midfield trio of Harris, Dutch Cal, and, uh, and Allie. Playing as well as anybody in, in the 
absolutely in MLS right now, and they're really clicking. Bedoya specifically is playing his best soccer he's played in Philadelphia. Yep, and you know you kind of hate to say it like this, but with McKenzie leaving and Jack Elliott coming back into the side, it's just so. I, I think it's just solidified that back line, and I think I think Mark's a fine player. I think he's gonna have a fine career. Um, you know, he's he, not gonna get his job back very easily from Jack gonna, Elliott. Jack has he, been tremendous. You can't. There's absolutely no way, manner or form, you can sit Jack Elliott at this point because I, I think what's happening with that is he he plays his position so well and allows Austin to play his position, whereas I think Mark and Austin were kind of getting pulled around a little bit, and 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 I think just Mark may have pursued balls that he probably shouldn't have, and th- that's a veteran thing. That's a thing that comes with time. Defending in soccer is a lot about decision making, and yeah. when you know when to step up, when to hang back, when to you know work a trap, things like that, and you learn that. And I, I think I think Austin's a little ahead of the curve on that on the Mark. But I think with Jack on there, he 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 is a very calm decision maker, and that kind of helps Austin out. I think so, and I, I think one of the other things that Jack really does well is uh, makes Keegan Rosenberry a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. playing on the, the right side together. I think that those two have a very good understanding. They've played a lot of soccer together. Yeah, um, and I, that's um, you know I, I think it's it's you know if you would have told me a couple of weeks ago that Mark was going to lose. Maybe lose his job out after missing a, a game or two through injury. I, I don't know if I would have believed it because Mark McKenzie has played on a very high level this yeah. year, particularly for a rookie. But Jack Jack has come in and, and taken it to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been immense in the air. He scored he scored the two goals right. for amazing first brace uh, for a Union defender, um, which is 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 a nice thing to add to the add to the team. They haven't gotten a lot of goals from defense this year. I think Keegan has won. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin's yet to score. Uh, so Jack. Jack yeah. being an offensive weapon, I think, is, is is a nice thing for Union set pieces. And he's another guy, and Harris kind of alluded to it. He's a guy that can work the ball out of the back yeah. confidently. Yeah. And also, we've seen Austin that can do it. He can carry the ball. Yeah. Jack's a little more. He can, he kind of hits hits balls out. He, he, his game's more to hit the longer ball out. But he could do that with confidence. Yeah. And you talked about Keegan. With Keegan's big part of his game is connecting. He wants to go out there and connect with the guy in front of him, the guy on the side. That's his big attribute is his ability to connect and if he has a guy that can do that easily then he's he's good so that's really helped and it's 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 just so solid this team's so solidified at this point yeah i think you, you saw a lot of what keegan didn't do on the the right wing last night against dc i thought that uh they, they were tremendous running down that right side mm-hmm. between Keegan and then CJ Sapong, uh, Ali Bedoya, Borchkels, uh, everybody sliding over a little bit. They're they are basically running their mm-hmm. their their midfield drills yeah. through the DC defense yesterday. And you could be and it it, it works somehow how bright sided they are because you have a guy on the left when he's out there in Fafa that is fine being on an island. Yeah. It's fine He'd being... He'd almost prefer it, I think, yeah, in some ways, because he'll want to go one-on-one. He, want, that's he his... can even go one-on-two with his speed, which right. is a, a really great asset for right. a guy that is stuck on that island sometimes. So where you had a calm out on the left who's a guy that needs support, I, I think. I don't, I'm, I don't even know. I'm, I'm going to speak theoretically now. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it, I would have thought he would have been a similar type player, th- but Things I don't being know. equal, okay, we don't really know what a calm needs, but... Theoretically, a comms probably got to need, it seems like you need a little more help. 
where uh, where Fafa could just hang. He'll hang out there. He'll kind of ghost around. He'll get one on one on a midf- on a, the other midfield or on or on the on the left back or on on the back, and he gets ahead of steam. He gets the ball. He's faster than anybody on on the pitch. Yeah, more often than not. Yeah, I so heard. it kind of works. You know, it you does. Wouldn't, you wouldn't think it would kind of on paper, but with the personnel they have, it does. And I think the other part of that that, that is is really strong for the Union right now is that Boric does know when he can pop up on the left. And mm-hmm. I think you saw it a little bit in the first half against DC last night is that there was a little bit of room between Ray and uh, Fafa mm-hmm. and that Boric slid into that space two or three times. I think he favors the right because he's a right-footed player and I think that they've had a little bit of success going up that side. But mm-hmm. I, I think Boric knows when that space is available on the left and when he should move into it. Yeah, he has good vision, uh, obviously, and he's... Yeah, he he he'll, he's very good at reading the play, and he's so good in those tight spaces. Uh, that's something that you know Jim talked about when they got him, and it took a little while to see. But now that he's rolling, he's he's very good in kind of in those confined areas. Yeah, uh, no, I, I think so. I think I think he 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 does well to create space for himself and and either find a teammate or, or go on a, a little bit of a dribble mm-hmm. and, and very rarely dispossessed. Yeah, and we talked about roles a little bit with with Harris. And you have a good role for for Elsinio now, where he's that that guy that you put in. You could put him in a couple different situations. You, you feel confident that he either get a goal or help you get a goal. Yeah. Or if you're ahead, he, he'll hold the ball forever. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy he'll get the ball and he could just rag time off, like just run up the wing, beating guys, getting deep and pushing defenses back. I asked Jim Curtin exactly about that uh, after the game against uh, New England on Saturday because I, I wanted to specifically hear about um, the way that he brought in Derek Jones and El Sino to kill off that game. And Jim talked about both of them. They, they kind of do it in separate ways, but mm-hmm. specifically that El Sino can get on the ball and it's very hard to get off the right. ball. Um, and he's a guy that if, if he if he takes it to the corner, he's going to throw a trick at you. He's going to win a corner kick. Right. He might get a foul. Right. Yeah. And he's, he's or he not, might just smoke you and go through your legs and go in on goal. <laughs> he's not. And he's not. He's not a guy that does it because he's super strong. He's just he'll, he'll just show you the ball and take it away from you. Show it, take it away. Do that to you constantly. And yeah, you'll frustrate a defender and, and yeah. hacking you and getting you know you'll pick up. The I mean, foul. you saw you saw that against NYC a, oh, yeah. a, a two weeks ago where you know he torched them for that second goal, which mm-hmm. was a, a fantastic goal, individual effort from him. And then late in the game, you know, a little bit of retribution where the the NYC defender comes in and kicks him in the thigh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was nasty. Yeah, <laughs> it was really a straight red card. There's um, no argument there. No, and uh, talking about CJ a little bit, it was uh, talking about the New York game. I asked, I was at the press conference and talked about. I asked Jim about, okay, CJ's on the right now. What's he give you? And he talked about physicality, being able to flick the ball in the air. And it, it got me thinking they really haven't had that since Pontius was here. Mm-hmm. A physical winger. Because all the a wingers. A target winger. A target winger or a physical winger. Because all the wingers they have are kind of speedy or crafty. Mm-hmm. Guys like Akam, guys like Ilsenio, guys like Fafa. Even Herbert's when he gets out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marcus he, Epps, he, all he, Epps, to that category. They're all kind of these yeah. kind of kind of scat back fleet of foot guys and they're not super physical or where CJ will go out there and you know, he has an opportunity to just again, pound defenders and he's in a more one-on-one situation where we usually see him as when he's a fort one on two, one on three. And he's got these dragon center backs around. It's a little different now. He's playing probably against a little smaller guy in a fullback and he's able to kind of take advantage of that situation. Yeah. I think in that and being able to, uh, the combination of Sapong and Burke, is not a, a fun 
idea for a po- opposition defense. Well, we, there are two we, guys we, that are going to bang into you. And we saw that in, I think, CJ's goal where you had the two of them running at yeah. the defense with a full head of steam. They're both big physical guys. And, you know, Burke made that really cool slicing run in front of CJ, pulled the defenders. The pass wasn't great, but it was but Burke had enough to get it, turn around and get a shot a on it. It was a great shot, too. It was a great killer shot. and Keeper can't hold it, and CJ's and right there. CJ's, you know, he's 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 the garbage man. He'll, yeah. he'll, that's what he does. He, he'll, he'll clean up on mistakes. Yeah. No, I, th- I thought it was a great effort from CJ last night particularly, too. I mean, he's got the goal, and then he comes back with an assist for yeah. Fafa's goal. That was a nice goal, too. That was, <laughs> that was a terrific goal. <laughs> and I, one of the best moves of the, the game was uh, a little bit after that, and the Union very easily could have scored a, a third, but I think uh, Boric has a shot blocked mm-hmm. at the very end where it was like a six or seven pass buildup. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was in the in the final third where it was just, I mean, well, yeah, I don't want to say it, but it looked like Barcelona. Yeah, the ball went into CJ. And kind of bounced back out to Borak, and he he had the shot, and I could, yeah. And but the move to get to that point yeah. was, and and they're, it's incredible how tired DC looked being at home. Yeah, I mean, I think they put a lot of effort into the game on Saturday, going up to Red Bulls where they they lost one yeah. nil. Um, uh, it was very hot last night, and and the Union did an amazing job keeping the ball. They completed mm-hmm. five hundred and fifty passes in DC last night, um, which is. Outstanding. I mean, you were you were having games last year where they were barely getting to three hundred passes in a game. Mm-hmm. To have an away game where they shaded possession, I think they ended up with fifty two or fifty three percent of the possession, and over five hundred and fifty passes is, is simply outstanding. And it's it's something Jim has talked about. You, you talked about with Harris, and we've all, some of us maybe have scoffed at it a little bit that you know we want to play the same way on the road as we do at home, and yeah. and they're doing it now. And they're doing something I haven't really seen a Union team do. They're able to impose themselves on teams on the road. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you could do that, you're, you're going to get the results like you're getting. And that's a hard thing to do. I'm not, I'm not making light of it that, oh, that's, you know, it, it, it takes discipline. It takes talent. It takes a lot of things to be able to go on the road in this league and really impose yourself. I mean, you see a lot of – Teams kind of be more cynical, a little more bunkering on the road in MLS, and Jim didn't want to do that. He wanted his team to be them. You yeah. know, he wanted his team to have their identity on the road. And and again, it's not easy, and it took him a while to do it, but they're doing it, and that's yeah, you know, that's a big part of why they're doing they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, and I think it, it makes it difficult for the home teams too, because you know I think the the obligation is always on the phone team the home team to be a little bit more on the front foot. Their fans are there; they're they're counting on them to score. So when when you know I, I think you even heard it on the broadcast last night that the traveling support from the union are are olaying. Yeah, the the union passing around in the second half where there's like. 15, 16 passes mm-hmm. before DC is even closing down within three yards of the ball. I, if you go down to Orlando and you can do a similar thing, they'll be equally as frustrated as DC was. If not more, I don't think uh, I don't think Orlando has. Yeah, and Orlando is not having a great season, so yeah. I think it, you you knock in that first goal down there and it starts to wilt, oh, and you, and you I think you're up one nil, and you and you start passing the ball All around. Right. You get up one nil in Orlando, I think you 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 take them right out of the game yeah. at this point in their season. I mean, I think they're. Definitely a drift. And let's talk about the standings a little bit now. The Union, one point out of fourth. Mm-hmm. They've gained separation from yeah. D.C. and um, and New England. 
And Toronto. And Toronto now. Yeah, you can thank Portland for knocking yeah, off Toronto last I think night. there's six ahead of Montreal at this point. Yeah. So they're... They were able. They're able to get separation from the teams that have been around them, which is pretty great <laughs> if you can do that. Yeah, and pretty surprising in a way. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah. just in the in the course of history, it is it is surprising that they they've been able to do it. Um, and there's there's no reason that they 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 can't catch Columbus for fourth. They're only one point behind. Yeah. I think the top three spots are probably gone at this point. I think you're. I think yeah. they're still. They're. I think nine points behind New York. Or NYCFC in third, um, and NYC has a has a decent decently easy run out. Um, the Union still have a couple of chances to pick up points too. I mean, you you go to Columbus. That's going to be a very big game. You you have three more home games where you're you'd expect to pick up quite a few of those points. Um, so I, I think fourth place is obtainable. And what what fourth place would mean for this team to host a playoff game would yeah. be huge. That'll be enormous to be. Kind of where you were early in the season, it, middle where you were four weeks ago. Yeah, to be able to kind of power up the standings and put yourself in position to host a playoff game would be. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny how. I mean, that's that that's going to be a very winnable game too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's probably going to be Columbus. It's probably going to be Montreal. Right. At this point, yeah, um, two teams unless Toronto makes a, a real big run or DC can and yeah. reestablish themselves, it seems like New England's kind of fading. Yeah, t- Toronto's a mess this year. I, I think. Yeah, I think they had won. They had gotten points in four games before last night. Right, tough, they had a tough game going out to Portland. Um, but yeah, they've they've not been good. They've certainly not been the team that they were last year. You never want to count on a team like that to not sort themselves mm-hmm. out, even with I think eight games to go or something like that. Um, so. I'm sure the, the, the union are wary of them. And the other thing that we might see that we haven't seen with this team is there are two other playoff years, 2011, 2016. They kind of drug themselves over the line. Mm-hmm. More so in 2016. That was They were backsliding the whole way. Mm-hmm. 2011, it was, it was, they were more mixed. But... but this team with a head of steam going into the playoffs, yeah. with all this confidence they're playing with, with all these guys clicking at once, you know, hey, they could put a run together. They're, I don't see why not. Because their defense is playing as well as it's playing. And you have one of the best goalkeepers in the league. It's a little bit like the NHL. If your defense is hot and you got a hot keeper, you know. You could make noise. You can, and I don't think there's any team in the league right now that really wants to play the union. No, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Um, You know, I think even if they end up having to go on the road for either first round or the second round of the playoffs, if they if they progress, I don't think New York, either New York team is going to want to host them. I don't think that Atlanta is going to want to host them. Um, It's it's going to be very interesting. Crazy. Got a couple questions on the old Twitter here. Uh, a couple of listeners, fans, if you will, asking. This is John Harris. Uh, kind of taking edge off the positive stuff a little bit with these know. questions, but uh, would would home playoff games sell out? It's part one of his question. Part two, acknowledging that the uh, 
that the loan deal did not have a purchase term. What are the chances of bringing back Dutch Gal? Uh, I attendance with this team's been really uh, tough this year. It's tough it to predict games where you think there's going to be. I thought I thought this past Saturday hosting New England, which was a pretty big game mm-hmm. um, on a very nice night, and the attendance was was not great. You know, I think the the Riverend hasn't been sold out all season. Yeah. Um, I think you know that they're they're lucky when they get fifteen to sixteen. Most most games, um, I do think a playoff game would sell out. I would hope. I, I, think, I think I would. think there's enough interest, and in, I think, if, and especially if the team keeps performing on the, the at the the level that they're on. If not sell out, I think you know Tim McDermott would hop in a bus and just start grabbing random people off the street just to fill up. The, they should just something like that. I think they would want to have at least the look of a full stadium the, for a playoff. And game. the atmosphere in that stadium when it's full is as good as anywhere in the league. Um. When, when, so uh, if they're hosting a playoff game, it better be that. When Cleberson scored that goal against mm-hmm. Toronto, that was one of the loudest sporting mm-hmm. events I've ever heard. And you know, I've been to Eagles games, I've been to Flyers games that get really rowdy, and it was up there with them. And it was as loud and as boisterous. And I was in the press box, and the press box started swaying. Yeah. It was so. It, the potential is there. Um. I haven't heard if they're gonna the Dutch cow thing. I don't I know. know. I, that, that's uh, as far as we know. I think he's going back to China. I think that's going to be a question over the next that's, few that's, weeks for Jim to that, to, to field and Jim to, and Ernst for Ernst Tanner to uh, Ernst Tanner make a decision. Too. I mean, I mean, he's been tremendous. I think you know he's second or third in the league right now in assists. Uh, he's banged in a couple of goals. He's been instrumental into the way the Union want to play. If if there is an opportunity to go ahead and purchase him and bring him here permanently. I think the union's all in for it. Um, I don't know what that means in terms of Jay Sugarman's wallet, if that is a possibility. So I don't. I don't know. I think. I, I think the union, if they could keep him permanently, they would. I'd very much like to see him stay here. Yeah, he's he's been an amazing addition. The options you have currently on the roster at the position are not ideal. No, uh, I, I don't. You don't have another ten, number ten. Really. No, you have Anthony Fontana, but all. Signs point to him being more naturally an eight, which yeah. you kind of have a log jam at. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to be more positive with my answer. I don't. I think it's eighty twenty. He he goes just because the um just kind of the the difficulty to get him here. Yeah, and and, and the particulars of dealing with. The team they had to deal with it sounded like it didn't wasn't easy. And they paid a lot to get him out of the uh, Czech league, so I think I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's hard I for us know. to like because we don't really know the business yeah, of the Chinese. Yeah, league, I don't so. know the ins and outs. It's not like like a more known quantity, say out of the Dutch league or something, yeah. where you could kind of figure it out. So, you know, fingers crossed, but I don't know. Uh, second question from uh, Michael Wyman, kind of hitting this cold. So here we go. How will the two games prior to the Open Cup be managed with personnel? Will they send full squads on the road to Seattle? And what about minutes at home at the home game on the Sunday before with the short turnaround? That's a great question. Uh, Jim, yeah. Well, we, you know, the Portland game notwithstanding, and again, you're going to Seattle, so you might see something similar. Jim's kind of loath to rotate, and I think it's twofold. Number one. 
right now. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, and number two, they're not the deepest uh, at some spots. At the 10, they're not deep at all. You have Fontana, but, you know, like we said, he's more of an eight. Uh, David Akam's there. I don't know. He gives you a body you can stick on the field. Beyond that, I don't know. You know, Jay, Jay Simpson's a non-factor. Um, you have Mark Raval who could play, you know, in, in the defensive mid role. You have Fabian still there. Ilsenio could get a start maybe in Seattle, uh, maybe at the 10 or, or, but you know, again, that's not his, the best spot for him. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't expect to see too many changes. I, 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 I think I you, mean, I think you might see a spot start for Derek Jones or Warren Craval. Mm-hmm. It seems like Derek may be uh, a little bit ahead of Warren Craval on the depth chart these yeah. days. He's been coming in off the bench, kind of being that stopper, yeah, that that closer. Um, it's it's tough because it's it's that's a really big week of soccer for the Union. I mean, you're you're hosting Kansas City, which is a is a tough game, um, and a, a team that the Union have really have struggled with, um. In Philly, though, you would expect the Union to to probably get points out of that game. Then you have the the Dynamo game on the Thursday of that mm-hmm. week, um, and then you're you're away to Columbus on the weekend, which is shaping up to be a massive yeah. game in terms of what what could it's be standing, the, the fourth place. Yeah. I mean, I guess you know after the first couple of weeks of September, you might have a better understanding of how legitimate the the, the Union's chances at fourth are. If they're less legitimate than they are right now, if they if they fall back a little bit and they they don't feel like they can catch Columbus, yeah, maybe you switch it up a little bit for the visit for the the trip to Columbus and you and you rest a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they're right there, I mean, Jim's going to push the the eleven that he's been going with. I think. I I, th- I think so. Um, I, I really agree with you. Yeah, you. Might, I mean, and, and it's tough because, and and I don't want to. Be you know, hang negativity on what's going on because what's going on is great. Well, that's yeah. what we do on this. Podcast. That's what we do. <laughs> but I think I think they just did themselves such a disservice not making a move. Or I still think they're a striker short. I, I think they are a striker short because you have your your two strikers on the field now all the time. Yeah, which is you didn't you, you didn't swap you, strikers. You converted your right. your main striker into a winger, <laughs> which is serving you great right now. Yeah, but you don't have a change of pace. No. Um, because I mean, they are kind of kind of similar guys. And, yeah. You know, we, we you know we've talked about the differences about the. I think Burkins. it's probably safe to say that we won't ever see Jay Simpson in the union shirt again. Be shocked. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he's not been able to make the eighteen all season with them having no strikers. Barring like a flu epidemic amongst yeah. the team or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you have you have a couple of false nine options and, with with Fabian Herbers or Dave even David right, but they, but we but they. Herbert's played really well at the at the nine in Bethlehem, but he hasn't got a, a look at all at that spot no, here at the season team. Yeah, so I mean, you can't. Maybe they do it in practice. I don't know, but that, so you can't think of that he's an option. Um, it, it, it's tough, and yeah, you you weren't going to get a superstar or a home run or anything like that in that window. But probably. just just having a guy but, that you could bring off the bench for twenty minutes. Yeah, it, and having a guy that you could spot start. Right. I mean, just being as being where they are and just you got to sit there and think, can we make that a little extra push? What will give us that little extra edge and getting getting a guy to come in to kind of be that depth to be that help would have been nice. Yeah, Um, because they're so perilously thin at that spot. And 
and, and yeah, I think Ernie will say, oh, you know, we, we make the moves when it's the right move. And well, Ernie's gone now. That's fine. And I think Jim would probably echo that, though. You have to you know, say that. Huh? They have to say that. Exactly. They they do. But and, and it's tough because they're doing everything, so many things so right right now. And just to get that little extra help would have been really nice. Yeah. Because, because, because you're so razor thin. You're, you're doing a lot of this on, on a knife edge with playing CJ and Burke at the same time with doing things like that. And we saw, you know, how it can look where Fafa got, got had had to play with a suspension and Herbers wasn't available. You saw what that could happen where you had two guys were out. They were out for non injuries, but you get two guys hurt. You know, injury, whatever. That that's kind of what your bench look, will look like. Um, I think we'll start to wrap it up here, but uh, non union news. The we're saying goodbye to a American soccer legend. Yeah, Glenn Dempsey retired. Yeah, and just kind of out of nowhere, you, you had the feeling last couple of years he had the heart issue and was kind of trying to work himself back. And, uh, you know, I, I guess at some point you want to say, I want to, you know, you want your quality of life. Is this going to keep, if I keep playing? Got to go catch the fish, right? Right. I mean, it's, you know, and you think back, well, what a special player Clint Dempsey is. And how he, well, he served his national team and how some of the special stuff he did in Europe, that goal yeah. against Juventus with Fulham oh, was just the beauty. Yeah. And, you know, when that was the, you know, the height of Fulham America, when they had all the American players on yeah. Fulham and, and that was, uh, you know, and he, he went to Spurs and I, I it was, it was weird. I think he could have got a better shake at Spurs. I thought he played well in a lot of stretches for them. And um, yeah, it was always going to be a tough team to break into. I think it was, yeah. it was a step up from Fulham, and I, I admired the courage, the time to mm-hmm. to take that step because there hadn't been an American at one of the bigger clubs in England. Yeah, and he was always got to want to push himself. Yeah, and you always got that sense with him. He always wanted to push himself to the next thing. But the opportunity opened up to go back to America and. You know, I think that, that's always going to be a little bit of a question mark whether mm-hmm. or not that he could have had another successful year or two in 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 England, um, but you know I, I think it was it was an interesting move at the time to come back and play in Seattle and play in MLS. Um, and we they can talk we can talk about that another time. But I, I, I do think he's going to go down as probably one of the best outfield players mm-hmm. in in U.S. soccer history uh, to this point. Um, certainly, probably one of the best outfield players to play in Europe from America. Yeah, I think you. I don't. I can't count. I can't think of another player that's had the success that he's had. I, I think you maybe point to Reina, Claudio Reina. I mean, yeah. he didn't put up the gaudy ish, the big, the bigger numbers. But I mean, Reina, Claudio Reina had, yeah. had a really good Brian run McBride. at Rangers, and when he was with you know McBride again with with Fulham. But um, but Clint was able to really kind of stake something out for himself in yeah. Europe, in 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 England, and he was very. Uh, he didn't shy away from stuff when he went over there, and he was very wanted to test himself and push himself. And yeah, and I think that that was one of the, the credits that you saw going around Twitter yesterday is that in terms of what he'll be remembered for as an American player is as a guy that's willing to try things. 
whereas it's it's uh, something that the the, U, the U.S. national team is short on right now mm-hmm. is, is is creative guys. Um, and and I'm not talking specifically number ten type players, but guys that will try an audacious chip, guys that will right. try a flick around a guy, guys that'll nutmeg you. Um, so I think there's that that confidence that that maybe isn't there that that he did bring to the the team for a long time. And I was kind of you know a guy I'm not a big fan of growing up a Sixers fan, but I kind of made a comparison because I remember watching a documentary about Larry Bird was about Burton and Magic and Larry growing up in Indiana, but playing basketball with like older uh, black players, and it made just change his game because he was able to do that and Clint. Kind of had a similar thing. He played with, growing up in Texas, played with a lot of the Latin players. Mm -hmm. And you can see that in where, like you said, he'll just look to... It's the swagger. Just have that little bit of swagger and try to make something out of nothing. And that, you know, you point that Juventus goal, he was, you know, kind of floating floating out, out there and just cranked it, you know, just put that chip up. And so you can make that... I always kind of made that comparison with him where he learned that extra little bit that maybe some other players aren't learning where he was able to go and just play these pickup games with the, with the Latin guys and just pick up stuff off of them and, and, and where it was less what you see, the structured, you know, club team stuff where you just, you see like stuff you're not going to, you know, necessarily learn in that, that environment where you can learn in the more loose open environment where you're just playing some pickup ball with guys. Yeah. And I, th- and I, th- I think it'll probably kill Clint to go out the way that he has in terms of what's happened to the U S program, uh, mm-hmm. you know, missing the world cup and, and yeah. the disastrous qualifying campaign. I mean, he's, he's a guy that was competitive mm-hmm. um, and when probably gutted to, to have to go out like this. Yeah. And I, I saw an interview um, with Bob Bradley. Somebody was, uh, somebody was asking him and he said, he was talking about the Confederations cup that, um, he kind of called Clint out, said, Clint, you, you really got to pick it up. And Clint, like, kind of hit the ceiling, and the two of them just went at it for a while. And then at the end of it, Clint got his edge back. And that's kind of, yeah, that's a Clint Dempsey kind of story. I kind of, you know, ex- expect to hear something like that about yeah. because he, you know, again, he, he wants to be pushed and when challenged, he's not going to shy away whenever, whether it's from mm-hmm. the players, whether it's from his coach, he's going to step up and he's going to, you know, so, and, and yeah, you wish the national team had a little more of that. Yeah. A little more of that grit, a little more of that edge. And that's definitely one of the things they didn't have going in through qualification. Yeah. It's, I think, you know, you could oversell those things a little bit and, uh, you know, talent, always wins the day and they certainly lack there too a little bit but to have that that moxie that edge that mm-hmm. Clint brought every match you know they definitely it's gonna be missed it, it is for sure so I think we'll wrap it up on that Union prediction for the weekend uh, I, I, I'm gonna go 2-0 yeah 2-0 Union I, I think Orlando's kind of floundering I think yeah. they're 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 making golf reservations I'm, uh, I'm uh, buying I'm gonna say Union 1-0 yeah, I, I think if they – one knows probably the reason why I think if they – like we said, if they get a goal, they're so good at keeping the ball away. Yeah. And if they could just get, you know, get get the – get a goal and just make Orlando chase ghosts for the rest of the game, yeah, yep. they walk it out over three points. Yep. So I uh, want to thank the always fun, interesting, and entertaining Harris Mandunian. Uh, I love Harris. <laughs> yeah, we, we have you on every week, Harris. Uh it's great to have him on and uh, always great to have Mike in the co-host chair and – Uh, We'll catch everybody next week.